Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm Jesse, your DM. Cody playing Lazarus. Brennan playing Dis. Mike playing Nim. Britt playing Kenna. And we are Double Doubles and Dragons. We're a group of goofy Canadians that have gone together to play a little D&D. Uh, sometimes we will say things that are inoffensive. We mean them as jokes, of course, and they're certainly funny to us, but some people may find this offensive. If you do, we apologize, but we don't want any hate mail about it. So just don't listen, okay? Uh, let's jump right into the action. Okay, welcome back, everybody. Quick recap of where we were. The party has found a graveyard. They're walking around it while on stilts and trying to learn all that they can about the town and its environment, and also the god tree. New new friends, the god tree. Uh, yeah, so we just finished. You had just finished talking to the tree, and you'd learned a little bit about what's going on here. So, so what uh, what to do now? I do want to mention, between me and Kenna... Yeah. Okay. There's a part of the description of plant growth that might make us safe here to try and help the tree. Okay. okay. And I say might. And the thing is, is here, channels vitality into plants within a specific area. I was thinking for the tree. The jet, it, yeah, but it says tree? all normal plants in yeah. 100 foot radius. So, like, it depends on whether Jesse wants the, to include <laughs> the death vine is not normal, but in that case, the tree might also not count. But the tree would count because trees always take nutrients from the soil. Yeah, but, a, but can we do it without powering the death line? That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough question. I don't know if you have the answer to that. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing it up because we both the, the vines are the vines are unnatural to you, but that doesn't mean they're not they're a natural, natural. plant. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Could some I natural do, light? Could saying? I do some? Uh, could I do some investigations of that? You could. How would you tell apart a, a natural plant from an unnatural plant? The amount of magic in it? Could be, but Nim already looked at these vines and didn't find them particularly Look, empowered by magic. Or something fairish? Yeah. Their source of energy? Their source of energy. Their source of energy, but, what? I mean, like a Venus flytrap. It does seem to be... There's yeah. those energies, physical material. It's fear, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's not normal for plants to be able to feel at a heartbeat. Or be able to refer to themselves via a name and other shit. Yeah. At least as far as you're aware, it's not. Well, if they, The question is, do you want to take that? Yeah. If we, or, if we go with the name thing, though, then the god tree's not natural either, because it thinks it's the god tree. That's where I was considering. Uh... Because I've also thought about plant growth, because that was my immediate thing. I was like, I could plant growth this god tree like a motherfucker. Does normal, is normal from your perception or like an objective point of view? Because I mean, perception... normal would be objective. Because uh, the spell would, do, the spell would pick perception. what's normal and not normal. Okay. Tonight I'm going to pray to my leaky very hard and ask her this very question. Fair. Because Kenna has like a connection to my leaky, could she use that as the defining like nature of like if it's normal or not. I mean, I Potentially, would... but there's no guarantee that my leaky wouldn't consider these to be normal plants either. Like you said, just because a Venus flytrap eats meat doesn't make it an unnatural plant. Exactly. There's no guarantee that this vine would be considered unnatural. But if I pray to my leaky and she says it is natural, then I would just like, we're not going to chance it. Mm-hmm. Versus if she was like, oh, hell no, that's fake. Yeah. yeah, that's the biggest trick. This could just yeah. as easily be a vine from some distant part of the world you haven't encountered before, and it's but completely natural. It's speak, just had a lot of time to grow. How does speak with plants 
rewarded for um, for talking to things. Like, does it define it has to be a normal thing to talk to it? No. Hmm. Well, let's see. You can follow my sim- simple commands. You can question plans about events in the spell's area within the past day, gaining information about the creatures that have passed weather and other circumstances. You can also turn difficult terrain caused by plant growth, such as if it's an undergrowth into ordinary. They may also be able to perform other tasks on my behalf at the DM's discretion. Oh, yes, because you imbued them with sentience. Mm-hmm. The spell doesn't enable plants to uproot themselves and move about, but they can move. But that could be... Because wasn't the vine, like, out of the ground and moving? Yeah, I think so. Because that is not normal plant-like behavior, mm. to uproot. They look creepy vines. But they don't uproot themselves from the ground well, and move where, around. Where have we seen this thing uproot itself? We just knew that all the vine tendrils were moving. Because, like, there's certain plants that, like, creeping vines, like, they spin around like this until yeah. they get something. No, that's not what I'm saying is... That's why I was asking, wasn't it up and out of the ground last night? Because in my head, up and out of the ground means not rooted into the ground. Well, I think we just knew all the tendrils were moving around everywhere. I don't know if you saw roots being moved. All good points. I'm enjoying you guys thinking it through so carefully. Evil points. I, 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 I see no reason to interrupt you, so I'll just let you keep going. Right. I think our best bet is to let me pray to my leaky tonight. So did you want to do, try to do like some sort of seance here and now while we're poking around, or...? Sure, why not? See if you talk. We all... I mean, I should still have speak with plants on. Yeah, last for an hour, right? Can I also... If we're going to seance this shit, um, I want to try to communicate with Meyer mentally. Okay. I mean, you are in a graveyard. Uh, yeah, my goal of this is to see if I can gain some sort of ability or use his, through some sort of channel, try to detect the lost life or, you know, bodies around me. Okay. Uh, basically, yeah, the people in the graves. And see, just really, if they've been desecrated themselves, like the bodies have been desecrated, or if there really is a pinpoint, uh, if I can pinpoint, like, yeah. there's bodies here, but there's none in this grave, so okay. No, I think that's fair. So if you two are both going to try to seance in such a way, what are Nim and uh, Lazarus, what are you guys going to do? And how long are you guys willing to sit here and work on that? How long does it take us to get this far? Uh, about a half an hour. It's a slow, deliberate pace. Best guess what time of day would it be right now for us? Uh, well, I mean, you all got up when you weren't tired anymore. So, I mean, you do all tend to pretty reliably wake up around 8 or 9. Um, so it can't be much past, like, if it is 10, it can't be much past 10. I'd probably spend, like, well, if something happened, I'd move, but I'd probably try to spend, like, maybe even 30 minutes trying to do it, unless it felt like right at the beginning there was no chance of a connection. Mm -hmm. Another question would be is, how are you, because to to ritual, to try to contact your god, especially in this manner, you'll have to do something to try to bridge the connection or create a holy site for yourself. How are you doing that with the vines? Are you going to try to clear out a spot, or are you going to... I want to ask the god tree if it's okay and climb it. Hmm. 
and like sit in the branches of the tree trying to connect with what purpose would climbing (laughs) me provide a safe space to get out of these vines and contact my god Mm. as well as an opportunity for her to connect with you through that I do not understand. There is no need to climb me to contact me. You already speak with God. (laughs) Specifically, I'm trying to speak with Maliki. Ah, the woman of the wild. The woman of the wild. I see. I do not believe she has any particular authority here, but as she's a friend... Perhaps. Yes. She's a friend. (laughs) If if she's a friend of yours, could you help me in contacting her? I have never contacted this creature, but you may use my branches as you see fit. Thank you. Uh, For me, um, Bird's a raven, right? Mm -hmm. He is. I'm going to ask Bird to come down and hang out my shoulder while I do it. Ravens have a connection to that in a lot of <laughs> Yeah. No, I think that's probably um, fair. I also want to take out my uh, the god weapon and kind of just stab it into the ground and hold onto the hill. Okay. Where in the ground specifically? Um, over a grave. Okay. That's, over a grave. That seems fairly direct. <laughs> Which, I mean, is probably what you need. <laughs> over death a grave that was a little bit safer from the vines, too. Okay. I mean, death doesn't really beat around the bush. Oh, I'll uh, tap out the lantern. This whole time we've been sitting around here. So okay. Make sure it's not burning. Okay. Uh, Nim, in that case, anything? Without looking pretty to your dictionary, though. Lazarus is there and uh, <laughs> lectures him how to con- better contact his guy. <laughs> <laughs> what you gotta do, Nim? <laughs> yeah, I'll try to learn about gods from Lazarus. Since I'm terrible at contact. <laughs> okay. You can come hang out with me. So, for those of you trying to contact somebody, let's do... Both of you do a religion check. Okay. Because we're all great with that. Except for me. Well, you know, if you want to channel your religion, you gotta, you yeah, gotta do just, it through it's religion. Just, it's just, I think that's an intelligence stat. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'm using my inspiration. <laughs> Alright, Dis wants to be inspired. Let us hope it works. Inspired to be smarter, please. I should go. Well, I'm rerolling that. It's on the side. Not because it's on a one on the side. <laughs> no, not at all. I'm taking my one chance. It rolled into a crack again, but it was safe enough that that's totally real roll. <laughs> Damn. Alright. Okay, how'd you guys do? Fifteen. Fifteen? Ten. Ten. Okay. So, while Lazarus and Nim take a little bit more time looking around, Kenna settles into the branches of the god tree, begins to contact Myliki. How are you doing that exactly? Like, what are you... How are you reaching out? I think I have, like, a hand planted on uh, a branch of the tree that I'm sitting on, Mm -hmm. and one on the trunk. Okay. And I think I'm just... Stroking the tree. No! Uh, <laughs> I'm just touching it. I like that tree. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's been a long time for that tree. <laughs> and I'm just, like, saying aloud, my leaky, I need you, I need your help, please come to me. I have to help our friend the tree. <laughs> okay. 
And Dis, what are you doing? Uh, I'm also going to, since I have the one hand on the sword, which is like embedded in the ground, um, birds hanging out my shoulder, I'm going to use my other hand to touch the, my trinkets I have from, Mm -hmm. uh, from my around my neck. And then I'll just say, you know, uh, through death I contact you, Meyer. Thing. Okay. You better talk to the voter. And you're you're seeking information in something in particular, right? So you're thinking of that while you're doing it, I assume? Yes, uh, I'm trying to like ascertain the life around me. Or death around me. Okay. Okay. Who wants to be the white die and who wants to be the blue die? Blue. Which one rolls higher? On general. It's usually blue. But sometimes white's surprising. I'll, I'll go with that. The white. Blue's already been chosen anyway. <laughs> Alright. What about your black deck specifically for Diz? <laughs> Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bird attacks, Lazarus. Okay. I don't have that power. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so. Kenna sits in the tree for just shy of an hour. Trying to focus be in contact uh by the time your hour is up kenna you don't feel any particular connection there doesn't you don't nothing feels particularly enlightened to you however when you do finish and you kind of open your eyes and take stock of your surroundings you do notice two things the first is that the tree branch that you've been sitting on has bloomed ever so slightly just just the little green buds just a little uh, the other thing you notice is that the vines from around the base of the tree have retreated ever so slightly. Maybe about an inch or two from the tree. Nothing ex- insane, but there is just that little bit of withdrawal. Uh, Dis, for yours, you sit there for, again, a similar amount of time. Uh, again, very similarly, not a very strong connection, but nevertheless a faint wisping of something. Uh, and the longer you sit, the more you kind of become aware of, almost like, like if you had stabbed your sword into, say, a watermelon, you would feel a weight on the end of the sword. And you start to get that sensation through the ground that there's there's a weight, there's something underneath it. And you kind of, as that feeling expands, you realize that that's the feeling of the body that's in the bottom of this grave. And as you kind of spend the rest of the hour, that sense expands little by little and you kind of become vaguely aware of where each of the bodies in the cemetery are and more importantly the voids where there aren't any bodies almost exclusively accounting to where the headstones were destroyed Um, although there are a couple of plots that are empty that have headstones on them that aren't destroyed but they seem pretty new so it might just be a case of they didn't get a chance to bury them, but they did get the headstone up sort of thing. And um, the ones, the the voids, I feel, are are those accompanied by, like, less vines around there or zero vines around those gravestones? Not in particular. Okay. So the vines don't see per, seem directly related to them at all. Okay. Um, but the but definitely there is a connection with the, the broken headstones. Yeah, yeah. The, the headstones definite, the broken ones definitely correspond to missing bodies. Right, I'll tell everybody about that. Okay. That's all I'm going to my thing. Also, 
Also, Bird waits for exactly one hour to go by, and then right near is like, it doesn't look like it worked! (laughs) The power of death flows through me, Bird. (laughs) More like the power of boredom! (laughs) Okay. I feel like, from what I just did, though, that the vines might not be natural, because they definitely did not like whatever was flowing into the tree. I think I have an idea. Oh boy. <laughs> and then Nim oh, got an idea. <laughs> an awful idea. <laughs> Phantasmal force the tree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could just create a destroy water and water it. This is true. It's I could amazing. water wall it. <laughs> Can't you use a druid craft on the vine? Because it's not a natural thing. Wouldn't it not work? Because it's a druid craft says that you can cause like something to like a seed pod to open or a flower blossom or a leaf bud. But what would I be doing to the tree? I'd be using it on the vine to see if it's natural or not. To see if it works with your magic. Because then if if it works in that sense, then it would probably also work with plant growth. Work with plant growth. On the vine I'm doing that? Yeah, because it's just like one little part of it blooms. Sure, I'll try that. Okay. So, Kenny, you reach out a hand. What do you say and what are you trying to accomplish? I'm trying to, uh, I guess, make it grow. Find like a tiny, small little sprout leaf. And yeah, there. and make it like come out. Okay. All right. And so just, you, yeah, go ahead. I just say grow. Uh, it does not grow. So, it's in fact, natural. it doesn't really seem to react at all. Hold on, there was one thing about Lazarus too. I'd like to confirm. They yep. said they tried it, but Lazarus does have actual holy water on him. Try it. Okay. Follow one of my class. I stay away from the holy water. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> just, just like, and I'll just go to like one leaf and put one drop on it. Okay, uh, the drop of water falls on the leaf, uh, and you do see it kind of not wither, but it does seem to dry out a little bit. Um, it seems to have had an effect, but not a particularly strong effect. Where are we gonna get a ton of holy water? He's not, not here. It's fifty gold a flask. Oh God. Can't we, uh, just gotta drop, like, a cross into the well. <laughs> I think I saw that in a movie once. Yes, <laughs> Lazarus will just take his symbol and ditch it here. But really? He's taking you. Any, any water and just, like, splash on something going, the power of Christ compels you. <laughs> and that's how we beat the fight. <laughs> Seems to not like holiness, at least. I wonder also if we used plant growth on this tree, if it would cause the vines to retreat. Perhaps we should ask, really, when we return, if there's some history towards the maintenance of this tree and the vines appearing. Perhaps it has simply become a cause and effect that the people disappearing and no longer being able to be buried here has caused the vines to return. It could have been a problem here for much longer than we knew. But I think there's still the secondary problem of people disappearing that most right. likely not related to the vines and inflated to the It might be that the people disappearing and not being buried is what caused the tree to weaken and the vines to appear in the first place. 
More so than Vine's taking the bodies, you mean? Mm, as far as release, I believe that many of the late, more recent bodies were not able to be placed here. But that doesn't make sense as to why some bodies were dug up and taken away. Mm. Yeah, some, some of the voids that this is healing are indefinitely much older graves. We'll have to ask about that. Mm, more questions for later then. Are we going to retire and power the tree now? Oh, I mean... Because that's the eight-hour thing, right? No, only if it's eight hours if you want it to cover a mile. Oh, okay. It's instant cast if you want it to target 100 feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, like, both me and Kenny can just line up and both send the cast as they're on the tree. I don't have to. All right, well, I guess Lazarus is casting. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny did Make the research, pull. but Lazarus is going to have to pull the weight. <laughs> I'm sorry, Kenny pulled a lot of weight there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is that the plan, then? Yeah. All right, let's just see what this does, then. All right, Lazarus will set up, and, uh, and then... And I can then guide for Lazarus' permission to touch the tree and then give it a good old plank rope to its face. Okay. You want me to ask that? That'll be my last third level. Oh, well, no, that's what then we should not. Okay. I meant, like, kind of, like, be there with him. Be like the Lazarus. Maybe I'll, oh, yeah. Because yeah, we still need to scout out the house, Yeah, we still have shit to do. This is going to take one of my thirds. Okay. So, you place your hand on the tree and you say, Uh, I suppose I've never cast plank rope. Come, Meldef, channel some nature through Lazarus. <laughs> Thought that was going to be your inscription at first. Just guess I've never cast plant growth. <laughs> 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 Very good. Guess. I sacrifice you. All right, so uh, you place your hand on the tree and you channel pine growth into it. Uh, there's a moment of calm, but uh, soon you kind of begin feeling just a slight rumbling. Uh, under your feet as things kind of shift underneath you. Uh, and over the next minute or so, uh, you do watch the tree kind of not so much grow, but more just kind of swell out to its proper size, kind of regains that water that it's mm. lost. And uh, the, the trees don't, or the, the branches don't immediately sprout into leaves, but you do see those, the little spring buds do, do spread kind of all over the tree. It seems to have helped it recover, but it's not a magic pill, yeah, it's not so like to I, speak. I more nutrients in the ground. It's just like a, it got an IV drip. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other thing that you notice is as it's kind of increasing in strength, there is a reduction in the amount of vines, but not in a very direct way. Like, it's not like it gets plant growth and all of a sudden the entire, you know, uh, graveyard is clear sort of thing. But there is a little bit of it, of the vines kind of pulling away from the tree. So we need to plant, plant a bunch of trees. And I need to plant growth the crap out of them. And the vines be gone. <laughs> well, we only know that this one specific tree was revered over years, and that's what made it special. But if we take some buds from it and plant the babies? I mean, God. God tree babies. Uh, Lazarus, you're still standing there with your hand on the tree, yeah. right? Um... As you finish casting, you feel the bark of the tree shifting a little and kind of just moving and groaning a little bit under your hand. Um, and kind of suddenly you feel something very cold touch the palm of your hand. You kind of, you pull your hand away and there's just nestled in there in this little nook of the bark around the tree. There's just a small bronze key that's sitting there right kind of where your hand was. 
a key? Yeah, like a, a key key. Key to the tree. Room. We did something right. Is it like, like <laughs> really grown in, or is it? No, no, it, it's now? it's pushed out now. Yeah, it just you know. You give it a ping. Oh, you give it a ping. I. Uh, it's just a key. It, it's not you're not really good or bad or ugly. It's just a key. I was just like, uh, hello, shiny. <laughs> shiny what? There's I was a, right there. There's a key in the tree. A tree it's key. a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> grab, grab the key. There's a key in the tree. <laughs> Why take wouldn't it be? I suppose I take the bronze key. Okay. And hold it up for everybody. And then I suppose I'll actually take a look at it and see if there's anything on it. I, outside of it being a bronze key, the teeth shapes are not like a squared off edge. They're more of like a angry, sharp edge to them. Um, but it's kind of got that similar... Uh, Skeleton key shape. There's a rounded end. There's the rod, and then yeah. there's a couple of teeth old, on the old end. Old, old style bronze key. And the only thing in this graveyard are the graves themselves. There's not like a mausoleum or no, no nothing of yeah. that kind. It, it all seems to be fairly poor. It yeah. could be something to one of the like related buildings. Oh, for sure. Have we seen any locks that may hold up to this key so far? Mm. Really inspected any. Not really, but yeah. I mean, yeah, like dis dis has the certain background. Um, you can do a history check to see if, yeah. but just looking at the keyhole, it'd be hard to, especially from a distance, it'd be hard to. But you can at least remember if you saw keyholes big enough for a key that size to go in. Well, this is kind of the key that would. I'm trying to think of how to explain it, but this is the kind of key that would be used for a lock that you wouldn't really expect in a smaller town type of thing? Is that the idea of it? Like, I, it's, Yeah, I mean, it's a fairly large key. I, most of the doors that you walked by, if they had keyholes at all, which most of them probably wouldn't in a poor town, it's very likely they'd be small, very simplistic skeleton key style where you basically get just the wedge with maybe two edges sticking out style. Yeah, we're, this is a very specific, each tooth is a different length. It's definitely more complicated. So, like, in a more elaborate key, so I'm going to yeah. try to think in my head or try to remember any more elaborate locks. That sure. Seen. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, this is not going to work. Um, <laughs> so, what is our what? History. Yeah, history. Two. Okay. Uh, it's funny, when you got here and you were being scared out of your wits by the evil vines of death, you weren't really looking at the locks. Uh, that being said, you do feel pretty confident you haven't seen anything that sophisticated. Like, a, a lock like that, especially, like, in a town like this, would stand out. It, it's a, a a lock like that is a lock that gets made in a castle, not mm. not in a small town. I will. It's like, like a vault key or something. Yeah, it's very, well, like, even, like, if you compare it to your vault key, for example, they're a similar style, but even the vault key seems more magically, it, it's got a very simple shape, well, whereas this, this has one, a, it's a, very, it's a very deliberate mechanical shape. Yeah. The, the teeth themselves are all different lengths. They're, it's very deliberate. All, actually, can I, um, uh, may I see that key for a second? Sure. So lose it. I'll uh, take it, and then I want to just sketch out in my book something that would make sense to me to try to replicate this based on my unlocking Just, just kind of trace it and make sure you yeah, get all the, like the, um, yeah, just the make, size and the edges. And yeah, that. just that if I need to pick a lock that this key would be used for, that would have some idea of how to do it. Uh, based on just yeah. the key shape. No, I mean, you can totally record the key shape and kind of be like, okay, this one's this tall, this one's this tall. And for I'm just going to make a point of like watching for locks that may be specific to this key from now on. Like, as we go by houses, I'll 
I'll just yeah. have that quick quick glance and I think she knows I pretty deep lock with it being in it. Yeah, like yeah. It, it, I think it would be pretty obvious when yeah. something came up though. Really what's gonna happen is if you found five locks that all looked right, you wouldn't be able to tell which was which just but yeah. but definitely there's gonna be a big difference between the lock yeah. that this fits versus some standard poor lock that somebody has. Um, so I don't think it's unreasonable for you to be able to keep an eye out for it. Okay. Oh, I'll, I'll give it back to Elijah. Yeah, I've got it written down. Quest bronze key. <laughs> so <I don't, laughs> Quest key. Well, so I know that it's actually like, related to this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to look at my backpack like a year from now and be like, what the fuck is this bronze key? <laughs> like a certain unmentioned powder. Yeah. <laughs> this is why I go for keys now. <laughs> when I give you guys keys that don't look like keys, people forget they're in their bags. <laughs> <laughs> when did I get this? When did I get this mysterious orb? Ah, it's not important. <laughs> uh, okay, so you have a key. A uh, tree has been repaired. I think we're good at the graveyard for now. Are we just going to head back down the path and pick one of those archers? Yeah, yeah, we should try to check out the houses now. Yeah, you're probably yeah. getting closer to 12, like yeah. to noon. How bright is it looking? I suppose I have to ask how far my rope got before I leave it behind. Uh, well, it can go two ways. I thought you were just kind of like dragging it behind you and just kept it with oh, you. Oh, no, I was leaving You were just leaving it so, like, back leaving, there. Like, so like if we got like kind of lost, if, and then we could find the rope at some point and in uh, the intersection, and then we would know which, where we were. It probably made it a little past the T intersection, yeah, but so not much further. Yeah, so like if we if we do get lost, we you at least know which intersection is the right one. Yeah. Cool. Okay, so you guys are going back to the arches. How bright is it outside? Uh, it's the same brightness that it's been since you got up. Okay. There's been no change in the tone of light. Okay. Last night, did was there a change in the tone? Uh, it did very much similar to the stronghold. It the went show. from being light to not being light. There is another spell I can use to power the tree later if you want to as well. Maybe, yeah. Divine smell. <laughs> I mean, I could water the tree, but then I'm going to create a reflection. I have, I have, well, I would also probably be carrying possible reflections with daylight, because I can give it an hour of actual sunlight. Right. And you put the key in your backpack, you said? Um, yeah, it's just on me for now. Okay. Uh, okay, back to the arches. Uh, Brandon just gave me this look. <laughs> Brandon gave me this. What do you mean you're checking where the key is? <laughs> I mean, that's all. What do you mean you're double checking? <laughs> My, uh, I attach it to a chain and I wrap that chain around me and then I wrap that me around this. There, now try to get the key. <laughs> it burns through everything, including you. <laughs> through the ground. <laughs> Okay, so you guys head back to the arches. Uh, it's it's slow going, but not in any way that's really different than it's been before. Yeah. You just pick your way across, uh, and you're back at the arches. So, poor arch. Probably be at the normal house and not the funeral home. Lazarus thought the gate might be in the poor house, but he was wrong already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we go with the poor looking gate. Let's do it. Poor looking arch it is. And to refresh, what are you look? Uh, why going to the poor house? We're first? looking for the journal. Journal do house. That's fine. Just making sure. <laughs> He's just like he chose wrong. <laughs> Every time. Uh, okay, so next question: the arch itself has no gate. It's mm -hmm. just an arch. So if you look down, so the 
path on the right that took you through the wrought iron, obviously kind of chained off to the right. And the one on your left, the fancier looking arch, kind of does the same to the left. This middle one just, just goes straight. It just kind of hops up that same rise that you saw the other road take. Kind of goes up over that same hill. Can't see much between there and here, so you'll kind of just have to get up and over there. Doesn't this mean that the residence is on the left if this one's going also up the hill? Mm-hmm. All right. Fancy arch it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're assuming that one's going to go up to the funeral home. To the fancy arch! Fancy arch? So we'll check the left first. Okay. Changing your mind. Mm-hmm. Going for the left one. Okay. So, you pass through the arch... Um, and once you get onto the other side, there's, it's kind of a tone change. When you go through the arch, the mist doesn't clear a little like it did for the cemetery. It thickens. Uh, not a ton, but it does change perceptively. You can kind of go from seeing about 10 feet in front of you, but you can kind of see past that a little bit, to like... Five feet in front of you is where you can kind of see stuff, and by ten feet it's completely lost. Um, so that that fog just kind of tightens in around you. Well, this is spooky. <laughs> Poor Arch. <laughs> <laughs> Lazarus, our brave paladin, <laughs> walks in, fog gets thicker, so the other door? <laughs> Don't want to go this way. <laughs> well, well, I mean, time. I want to pull up my god sword and I'll lead the way. Okay, okay. Don't worry, I have the power of death. <laughs> well, hope that power Comforting. doesn't find you. <laughs> Comforting. You're safe with me. <laughs> okay, so you guys begin walking. It curves off to the left. Very similar. It is fairly symmetrical. Somebody probably designed this whole thing kind of in a uniform fashion. Uh, so you go off to the to the left. You hook around a little bend, and it's heading up that same kind of embankment. Um, in that area, though, where with the um, graveyard, it was kind of like a uniform planting of, like, two rows of trees. Like, somebody, you know, landscaped it a little bit. Uh, this is much more lackluster. There's just kind of trees all over the place. It does start to tighten into the road a little bit as you get up over the hill. But it's very lackluster. Just probably somebody put the road through an existing line of trees rather than something they planted themselves. How do the trees look? Mm, pretty ragged. Um, not necessarily dead, but definitely in hibernation. Do they Even have, the... Do they have vines on them? They do. Mm. For he was a good god tree. Dead. I want to point at one of them and try to sacrifice it. Sacrifice the tree? Yeah, the, one of the dead trees. Nothing happens. Damn. Good. <laughs> Imagine the power. <laughs> <laughs> The power! And that's how we lost Dis. And Dis became the new big baddie. Well, one of many, anyway. Just imagine nobody gets a chance to revive. Sacrificed immediately. That's kind of what's happened already. (laughs) True. Alright, so, you guys crest the hill. As you do, there's a small area that's been cleared away to create kind of a front yard, so to speak. And set into that yard is what looks like sort of a cross between a simple farmhouse and somebody trying to set up something a little fancier, like kind of a plantation-style mansion. Mm -hmm. It's a bit of a cross between the two. Um, 
some parts look nicer than others. It kind of looks like people have been renovating it over the years sort of thing. Um, as you get, you have to get pretty close to it to see a good outline of it due to the fog. Uh, you really kind of get right to the base of the wooden stairs that lead up to the rest of the house. Um, before you can get a really good look at it. It looks fairly dilapidated, but not necessarily more than you would think it would look after 10-15 years. It seems to fall in that vein more or less closely. Uh, the other thing you notice is that vines do cover the building, but no more or no less than anywhere else you've encountered. There is something on the door. Uh, there might be. You can't see it from the bottom of the stairs. Hmm, well, this looks like the one we were after. To the door. I was to just gonna, door. like, take, like, I'm gonna, like, every time I put a stilt up, I'm gonna, like, shake and bang the, uh, wood steps a bit. Okay. Uh, it is a good, it is a good idea. You're fairly heavy. When you kind of get up there, especially on the pogo, mm -hmm. with, with a finite area for all of your weight, you kind of wiggle a little, and there's kind of a, mm, like, groaning sound, and then you do feel it kind of start to sink into the step. Definitely doesn't feel like the wood is super well put together. Or at least not after having some time to degrade. Well, somebody else first, then. <laughs> this goes first. Sort of. Okay. But you said him first. No. This is uh, leading the way okay. with the power of death. <laughs> <laughs> He's confident. He's very confident. Clearly. <laughs> okay. So, uh, as you... Climb up the stairs. They do groan and creak fairly loudly. Uh, some of that groaning and snapping actually doing you a little bit of a favor with making the vines kind of push away just a little bit. You climb the stairs and you end up on top of a not large but decently sized front patio area. You can see an area where some chairs were at one time, though they seem mostly broken apart and shattered by the vines now. Uh, what you do notice is a bit strange, though, is as you kind of climb to the top of the stairs, you get to what would be the front door. And it is a door, but somebody's gone through, it's not just a normal door, Something something's weird has been done to the door itself. It's made of a much darker, heavier wood than you would expect based on the rest of the wood of the building. And perhaps more strangely, every square inch of the door has been carved with different religious symbols. You recognize one for Meyer, you recognize one for Myleki, there are several you don't recognize, and they're all just kind of layered on top of each other, carved into the door. Religious place. What? Right. <laughs> Religious place. <laughs> Obviously, that's why we're here. You're both just shouting at fog. Yeah. <laughs> that's why we're shouting, we can't see each other. Uh, just gonna, as long as everybody understands. Yep. I'm gonna actually I'll touch the Meyer symbol first. See if okay. anything happens. Uh, I try contact Meyer in my head again. Uh, you you touch the door. I, I mean, it feels cold to the touch, um, but nothing of particular note happens when you touch the symbol. I'll try to open the door. Okay. Uh, you reach down. Uh, there is a door handle. Pretty simplistic looking door handle. It's really just kind of the, your basic kind of latch handle. Uh, and you give it a tug. There's resistance there because of the age, but you do feel it start to slide. Like, it's, it'll come free if you give it a good enough reef. Alright, we can get in. Uh, is Lazarus going to try and follow? Sure can. 
I'll like make sure like every step I take is like where like the riders of like it's the, probably the stairs call. and everything are. Uh, on the beams. Sure. Uh, do a. Hmm. <laughs> what are you better at? Athletics yeah. or yes. acrobatics? Athletics. Okay. Do an athletics check. You're gonna try to like using your muscles distribute your weight as evenly as possible. Okay. Lazarus makes his way slowly up the stairs with actually not all that much creaking and groaning at all. With some deliberate care where he puts his stilted legs, he seems to have done just fine. Uh, you get up to the top area, and because it's it's kind of tight in there on the patio, so you can't really stand right next to, to this. You kind of have to go to the side a little bit. Uh, when you do, you realize there's actually a window there um, that you couldn't see because of the fog and the disc couldn't see from the doorway. But as you kind of move over to the side a little bit to give everybody else room to come up, you see the window a little bit. Uh, it is made of glass, um, and it's been carved as well. Somebody has etched religious symbols into the glass of the window itself. Uh, is anything reflective going on with that window, or is it all etched enough that it doesn't have it's, it's etched enough that it's become cloudy. Okay. Cool. What kind of that door handle is it like? It's very, like, a very simple, like, like wooden, like, latch where you just twist it one way and a bar on the other side would slip free. I suppose, is there anything of relevance that I can pick out in the window designs? Probably not. Um, you can do a religion check and just see if there's anything really obvious that stands out to you. So that bronze key we got, I'm assuming that has a reflective surface? Uh, I mean, it was made of bronze, so there would have been a it certain was, amount of reflectivity. It came out like dirty or... Well, I mean, it was I, rusty sitting on that tree or something. It came out of the tree more or less clean, but nobody really checked it to see how reflective it would be. It was stashed in the backpack, so there's no light fitting it. Maybe that's why he has. <laughs> bronze doesn't really tarnish. Not a ton, no. But it will lose bronze its polish over time. Bronze is not super shiny. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not the shiniest yeah. metal. If it was like a gold key or a silver key or something like that. But, but bronze, bronze is pretty dull. Bronze is a that usually you will like, okay. look into and see a reflection. So... Lazarus goes in, and and you're not super familiar with all of the symbols that you see, but you do kind of see not so much a pattern, but just like, okay, like, I recognize that one. I don't really recognize that one, but it seems pretty similar to that one, so I assume they're kind of related, or at least in a similar, you know, pantheon type of idea. Um, But one does stand out to you a little bit. There is one symbol that's been carved not all over the window, but it seems to be in kind of strategic locations, like the bottom right corner and the bottom left corner and the top right corner and right in the middle. Um, but it doesn't seem to be a religious symbol. It almost looks like more of a family crest. It's not even like circular, like most of the religious symbols are in D&D for some reason. Uh, but it's not circular. It's more of a shield shape. Like it really does look like a family coat of arms. Mm. Uh, Master Nim, would you perhaps come look at these symbols and see if there's anything? They do not look religious or anything else. Perhaps there's magical warnings on the windows or something else. Okay, I'll come look. I'll go check them out. Okay, Nim also climbs the stairs. Uh, Nim, with the two of them up there, there's not that much room for you, but you do kind of squeeze your way in. Uh, what are you looking for? Just any details that would suggest it's a non-religious symbol and see if I, like, maybe do a history check, see if I recall anything about 
seeing it before? Maybe not seeing it before, but like <laughs> if it relates to like other family crests I've seen or something like that. Or if there's anything Seems special fair. about their like positioning that you know of. Yeah. What kind of check am I doing? Religion? It's history check. History. You're you're specifically trying to see if you've recognized it from somewhere. Yeah, that's uh, twenty six. Very nice. Okay, so Nim climbs up there and he takes a look and he uses he uses his big brain, Nim's big brain, and uh, he thinks back to all of the things that he's encountered since leaving the slave camp. And suddenly, in that moment, something clicks for Nim, and he goes. Feel like I've seen this symbol before, or not exactly this symbol, but something really close to it. And he kind of sits there staring at it for a couple of minutes while his mind tries to work out where he's seen it before. Finally, it comes to you, at least part of it. The the crest is split in half. One side has a field of wheat with some sort of animal in it. It's hard to tell with very simple window carving, but there's something in the grass. The left side is more of a like a family scene. There's a hearth and there's a chair and it may be somebody sitting in it. It's hard to tell with the carving, but it's kind of these two distinctive impressions from the family crest. And it occurs to you that the one on the left, the one with the field of wheat and some sort of animal in it, you've seen it before, that half of it. Um, and after you think about it for a couple of minutes, you remember where you've seen it. You saw it on a pin that Lance had on his cloak that had that symbol. Much more predominantly, it wasn't just half of something. It was the whole pin was that. But Nevertheless, it's definitely that, or at least very close to it. You couldn't say for sure if it's exact, because you're just looking at a window carving, but hmm. it seems close to you. Lance is actually tall and missing kid. <laughs> La- La- Lazarus laughs, no one else does. <laughs> um, I'll pass that along to... Everyone, I'll show it down the stairs to Kenna. Okay. Alright, well, that explains those. Um, how about the door, Master Deuce? Time for some exploring, and I show that I can open it. Okay. Do you, do you crack it all the way open and open it, or just show them that it can move? Actually, I'll crack it open all the way three up here. Okay. Okay. I'll call up to Kenna and say, I'm opening the door. So, like, when we get right I'm, up like, to the bottom, right is the, the bombs still fall right up to the bottom? Yeah. But you're, like, separated by fog right now, so I don't think you can see what's going on. Right. Other than, I mean, Nim obviously described some stuff back to her, he said, but, yeah. yeah. But I assume it's somewhat spooky since you're alone in the yeah, fog. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> stoked on it. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really surprised y'all left her alone in the fog. Why is there someone coming up just to check out the stuff? It doesn't, I don't actually trust walking into the house. <laughs> okay, so dis. You crack the handle all the way over and you give it just a gentle push. Um, through the crack in the door, there's no light on inside, but you do get a, from the windows, even though they're cloudy, there is a certain amount of light from outside getting in. Not a lot, but it's enough that, especially with your dark vision, you can see. Um, and through the crack, you can see the entire inside of the house seems to be vine free, at least as far as you can tell. That, that little crack you've got, you don't see any vines inside. Looks like there's no vines inside from what I can see. Interesting. 
Let's go in. <laughs> okay. So you push the door open all the way. Uh, again, it seems clear of vines. It kind of steps into a small, like, entryway. There's a set of stairs that goes upstairs, kind of right across from the door. And then there's two entryways off to either side to the right. Especially with your dark vision, you can kind of see it looks like maybe like a, a dining room type area. There's just a little room with, like, chairs and a table in it. Uh, and off to the left seems to be more of kind of like a, not quite a kitchen, but like a staging area. For food. From what I can see in the first one, is there anything uh, reflective in here, or has it also been muddied up? Mm, it doesn't... So, nothing seems to have been dirtied, but there doesn't seem to be anything reflective. Like, on the table, for example, there are some plates and cups, but no silverware. Okay. How tall is the doorway? Mm, about average human height. Okay. So Lazarus is going to have to definitely get off his stilts to go through. I, I Or duck fairly um, haphazardly to make it through. <laughs> I'll need like something like this to like hold my hand in front of me while I like lever myself down in the stilts and squat walk <laughs> myself through. I, I will say this as well, since you're the only one inside right now, the inside looks like it fared much better than the outside in terms of like wood degradation and stuff like that. I suppose that we will fetch cannon. Well, I went up the stairs once I heard it was open. Okay. Um, if I look around, so if I look on the inside of the walls, where on the outside of that same wall is mm -hmm. degradating quite a bit, does it seem odd, the amount of, or the difference in degradation? Mm, it's hard to say. Like, the inside looks better than the outside, but you don't know how thick the walls are or if that's any particular, if it's just the inside material fared better. You're not sure. How much dust is on the floor? Uh, not very much. There is some dust, but we're talking, like, the amount you would find if somebody hadn't really cleaned their house in a couple of months. Not... Is there any footprints? No. At least not that you can see. So it looks like it hasn't been... It looks like it hasn't been entered in a while, but not as long as other stuff here looks like it hasn't been entered. It's like it's protected from the time. Shit. Hmm. Alright, well... I'll... Hearing the door open, I'll enter the house as well. Since I will have an easier time doing that. Roll as Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just kick glass at the door. Yeah. <laughs> So after a little bit of wiggling and finagling, you've all squeezed yourself into that small front entry room. Um, do you guys close the door behind you? Do you leave it open? Close it. Close it. Okay. So Dis slides it. The As he kind of closes it, the latch just kind of naturally falls back into place. Uh, and that leaves you alone with the house. I cast light. Okay. On um, my... Focus like I usually do. Sure, it kind of blooms to light and gives you a little bit of easier visibility inside. Well, I mean, I could see. I was just trying just to help out. Uh, yeah. I'm not the only one without night dark vision. I know. I was just looking at you first. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks all nimble hands forward, refining the journal. I'll head up the stairs. Okay, you're gonna go upstairs. Yeah. I'm gonna follow this. Okay. Yes, I'll. Search the ground floor. Okay. Uh, which way are you going? Right or left? Right is the table. Left is the food staging area of some kind. Kind of like an extension to a kitchen. 
I'll do the table area. Okay. Lazarus, does that mean you take the other path? Sure. Okay. So, uh, we will start with Nim. Nim, you go into the next room. It really does seem to be kind of a, a dining area setup. Uh, furniture is a little light. Not like light as in, like, it looks like nobody lives here, but there's a couple of chairs, a table, and, and a little bit of knickknacks everywhere, but it doesn't really look like a, a home. There's not a ton of personality to it. Uh, there is, as you kind of come around, there's a doorway that leads deeper into the house. Um, kind of if you if you came to the right to get into this room, it'd be if you kind of kept going straight after that. It's not a huge area. It's really just this room, and then there's another one kind of if you turn left after coming into the room. Uh, just looking through the doorway, it seems to be um, just kind of a, not a bathroom, but like some sort of cleaning area. There is kind of some of the stuff you would see in a bathroom, but noticeably not like a toilet or anything like that. That might be done outside. Um, but there is kind of a, there's a big, like, wash basin and stuff like that. Okay. And that's just a bit further into the room? Yeah, just a little bit. So you're in the room already, and then if you turn to your left, there's, like, the next room sort of thing. Okay. Uh, this room outside of the table and the chairs doesn't seem to have a lot in it. Are there any drawers or cabinets or anything to really search? Not in this room. Okay, then I guess I'll head to the next room. Okay. Lazarus, you went to the staging room area. Uh, very similar experience. You kind of go in. It's a little light on furnishings. There's lots of cabinets and kind of countertop-ish areas, but not a lot outside of that. You don't really see a lot of, like, stuff up on the counters, like pots, bowls. It's just, it's half populated and half empty. Yeah, just go through. Kind of give each of the cupboards yeah, a check. check all the drawers. Yeah, uh, give it an investigation. Nine. Okay. You take a look around it, a brief preliminary look, uh, and you kind of open up all the doors and pull out all the drawers. Almost all of them are empty. Some of them aren't, but are filled with just kind of various knickknacks. Like, you open one of the drawers and it's got some food preparation type items, like a big wooden mallet and uh, a, a ladle and that kind of stuff. Nothing reflective, and, and many of the drawers and cupboards are empty, but just every once in a while you find little bits and pieces of kitchen material. Um, but never enough to feel like there's enough here to be useful, just enough to be around. It's kind of like someone like threw away everything that wasn't that was already reflective and just kept what was... Possibly, or maybe when they left, they took the things they liked and left the things they didn't. Mm. Hard to say. Yeah. But nevertheless, it does give you the impression of being lived in at one point, but now not so much. Uh, your next room looks to be more of like a proper kitchen. There's an area that's been set up specifically for cooking. There's a big like wooden furnace in the back corner that's got a top on it for mm. cooking and stuff. So that that's your next room. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, for those of you that went upstairs, you climb the stairs, and when you get to the top, you realize that it's it's not so much a whole extra landing up there. It's not, the house isn't quite big enough for that. But when you get up there, you do kind of have this tiny little hallway, and then there's just a door to your right and a door to your left. Like, it's just kind of, almost like somebody maybe took, like, the attic and split it into two rooms. It's not, like, a full floor. Uh, I tried the door on the right. I follow. Okay. Ken is going to go with this. Dis, you pop the door open. Uh, it swings open freely. It doesn't really seem to be all that bound. Uh, and when you open the door, at least maybe for Ken, you immediately realize the mistake. You, you push the door open, and even as it's opening, 
all you can see is bookshelves. And you're kind of like, oh boy. And then the door keeps opening, and it's just more bookshelves. We can't tell Mim. We can't tell Mim. <laughs> Y'all get distracted. We can't tell him till after this is over. But, but there's so many books here. Yeah, do you know what he'll do? Read them? That's it. But maybe there's good But that's all he'll do. <laughs> maybe he'll summon Sandra's floating disc and fold them all home. But what's going to happen? We'll tell you... him before we leave. So he can come and raid it. What if we tell him after we leave? <laughs> after we leave? Then we're just dicks. Hold on. Wait. No, I have a better idea. What if we take some of the books? And then we're like, this is all the books we found. Here you go. That's not a bad idea. Mim could handpack his own books? <laughs> so much distrust. So, you open the door. This appears to be some kind of study. It really only has about five pieces of furniture in it. There's a big chair, probably a reading chair of some kind. There's a small table off to its right that has a little drawer in it. Uh, and then there are the bookshelves themselves. So there are three main bookshelves. They basically cover the three walls that are not the wall with the door in it. Um, it's not a big room, so each bookshelf is only about your standard bookshelf width. It's a very small, kind of tight, little cozy room. So how many books? Mm, somewhere between 50 and 100. Oh, it's not bad. Is there um, any books out that are not in the shelves? No, they are all currently on the shelves. I want to touch every single book. Like, just run your hand no, down I the books? No, I want to, like, touch and pull every single book. Just to see if they pull away? I also... Just to see if maybe there's a hidden door or something like that. Okay. I want to look through and see if there's any um, categorization for the books. Mm-hmm. Like, they're set up in alphabetical order. Sure. Also, um, I would be doing as I'm doing the... And reading to see if there's anything that catches my eye. Sure. Uh, both of you roll investigation. We'll, this will be our wrap-up of this episode. Uh, plus two investigations. Fifteen. Okay. Fifteen for me. Okay. So, Nim, you take a preliminary look Diss. at the books. Sorry, Diss. <laughs> Nim is not in the room. I'm at least three times taller. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but it's not like I just imagine you all in your heights constantly. Um, so you just take a look at all the books and you're trying to figure out if there's any sort of categorization and you sit there for a good like five minutes just trying to figure this out. And it finally occurs to you that you don't think there is a categorization here. As close as you can tell, somebody has organized these books by color. That's a thing. Not by anything else. Like, there's really just all the moderately blue shades of book are all kind of in the same place. And all the red-ish shades of book are in another place. It just, that really seems to be the only categorization you can put your finger on. Any books about Meyer? I uh, most of the titles are not legible. They all seem to be quite old or maybe just very not well printed. Right. Um, uh, and also, since Kenna's going to be pulling them out, I'm assuming that's going to take a little bit of time. Yeah, I want to step back and give her the room in the bookshelves, and then I want to maybe I'll sit in some of the furniture or something like that. Okay. And I want to try to contact Meyer again. And the goal of this is just to see if there's less of a connection than what I felt anywhere else, like if there's some sort of cutoff in the house. Okay, fair enough. Outside or that makes it stronger. Okay. Um, do a religion check. Uh, Kenny, in the meantime, so you're pulling these books, and, I mean, when you entered the room, you were scared. 
because books. And then when you started pulling them out, you got more scared because most of these books aren't books. You, you kind of tuck them out of their little hiding, you know, their little slid in place. And all of them just seem to be the jackets of the books, but no pages inside, or at least quite a few of them. You finally, once you've worked your way through all of them, you find that it's at least 80 to 20 for being empty jackets versus actual books. You come away with maybe about 10 to 15 that are actual books. Okay. The rest of them are just the hardbound dust jacket just slotted in there. What kind of monster does that? Uh, in the meantime, uh, dis- you feel there is a weaker connection here, but you're not sure if it's enough to just be like before you were in a graveyard and now you're not. It- it's not a noticeable enough difference for you to be able to definitively say one way or the other. Okay. Uh, um, Sorry, I looked at the dice. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, okay. I want to pile all the books up that have that are real books. Okay, so you'll pull those ones out. Yeah. Okay. And then I want to check the drawer on the side table. Okay. Um, so you go to the side table. Um, you've piled up all the real books and you've left the nonsense books. Uh, and then when you go to kind of pull out that little drawer, it doesn't budge. This. I'll go look at the drawer and figure out the contraption that's locking it. Sure. Uh, roll an investigation roll. Nine. Okay. Uh, you take a look, you kind of try to get at it and you like even like lift the thing upside down and try to, you know, like you kind of get under it and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, it's not going to open because it can't open. It's not really a drawer. Somebody just attached the facade of a drawer to the front of this table. This This entire priest's house (laughs) is just like one dude trying to like... I want to look... I want to look closer knowing it's not a drawer. I want to look if there's some sort of hidden... Like, that actually is a drawer, that there's some sort of slot in there, kind of like the, the, you know, we're getting tricked on here, and it's, oh sure. yeah, it's totally fake, but not really, there's yeah. actually like a trap. Uh, give it one more investigation, uh, and then that'll be the last thing we do for this session. 18. Okay, so you kind of, you're like, maybe, maybe this is the double fake, it's mm-hmm. the fake drawer hiding the, I got this, and you give it another look, and no, it, it's definitely, like, it's not even remotely possible for there to be a drawer. There's, like, the tabletop, and then the legs, and the facade, like, like, four little bits of wood to make it look like there'd be enough space for a drawer, and the drawer bit that's either been glued or something to the front. But as soon as you, like, look underneath, you can just see it goes to the tabletop. There's nothing there. There's this no place for that to be. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that frustrating note <laughs> for this session. Wow, what a cliffhanger. I wonder what's going to happen next time. Uh, seriously, guys, thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening in. Uh, if you liked what you heard, share us with your friends. If you hated what you heard, share us with your enemies. Uh, seriously, though, like, comment, subscribe. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll find out what happens to Double Doubles and Dragons next time.